the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Situation Report today. Glad to have you joining me. This is the show where we do our very best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stalnicker. Glad to be with you today and uh, going to talk about something that is seemingly always in the news right now. From one angle or another, from one degree to another, (laughs) this topic is always in the news right now. It is the topic of masculinity, the need for masculinity, or if you're on the other side of the spectrum, the other side of the aisle, perhaps, uh, the need to get rid of masculinity and masculine men and what we consider or what many have called uh, this idea of toxic masculinity. Do we need men? That's the real question. And it's one that many are grappling with in our culture and in our society. Again, as we talk about the transgender movement, we talk about varying gender roles and how gender roles have changed over the years. Uh, All of this comes back to the question of, do we really need men? And if we do, then why? Is it simply about procreation? Is it simply about uh, a society moving on? We need men and women to have children to continue to grow. Is that the extent of it, or is there more? I want to talk about this a little bit today because I think this is such a Uh, It's an important issue, of course, but it's central to our understanding of these other issues. Uh, Again, gender roles and the transgender movement and how we interact with one another in society and how we feel uh, about so many of these issues. It comes back to this question of masculinity. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. And I want to use as a springboard an article from The Federalist that is uh, talking about a book that was recently written. The article is great. I haven't read the book. But the article is fantastic, pulls a lot of information out of the book and gives some commentary on it. I want to start with that. The author of this article found on The Federalist is David Weinberger. The title of the article, if you want to go looking for it, it's a long title. I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can find it. Uh, no Apologies book illustrates the vicious cycle of weak men, a stand-in state, and societal decline. No Apologies, that's the title of the book. And uh, the book was written by Anthony Esselin. You can find the book, No Apologies. Again, I haven't read the book. Um, but No Apologies book illustrates the vicious cycle of weak men, a stand-in state, and societal decline. And uh, I think David Weinberger here has, uh, man, really captured this so well. So I'm going to read this article. We're going to work through this together. And uh, I'll make some comments along the way. The article begins <clears throat> this way. The state grows by family failure. (laughs) That's a powerful opening, isn't it? The state grows by family failure. I've gotten one sentence in. I'm already going to pause and give you some commentary. We've talked on this show so often about the role of government and the role of, uh, when he says the state, that is our politicians, those who govern us. And if you are like me, and if you're listening to this show, we probably at least share this in common. Uh, My view of government is that it should be limited, 
The Constitution certainly limits the role of government. We have exploded the governments involved in everything. But certainly the federal government should be very, very limited. Uh, The role of the federal government should be to protect the rights of citizens and not much more. There is a national defense um, aspect of the federal government, of course, uh, but it's not broad. Certainly not as broad as it has become. In fact, we look at the federal government and as the federal government grows, as the state grows, our individual liberties decline. Now, you could say, and, and again, we've talked about this on the show before, that there are many in the federal government who have as their goal the expansion of the federal government because that leads to the expansion of power and control by the federal government and politicians. And if that happens, uh, then so many of our individual liberties go away. You have heard and seen most of the truth behind the events of January 6th. And now you can visit Washington, D.C. on September 24th and join J6 Solidarity and their peaceful and patriotic event that will expose the entire truth of January 6th at our nation's capital, and not just what mainstream media has lied about. Join J6 Solidarity and their well-known guest speakers to discuss the wrongful arrest and incarceration of all the January 6th patriots. Hear what speakers like Salem Media's Dinesh D'Souza, Newsmax's Johnny Tobacco, Joe Oltman, the host of Conservative Daily Podcast, Professor David Clements, and many more have to say. This peaceful event will take place on September 24th in Washington, D.C., next to the Federal District Court. For all the details, go to our new website, the letter J, the number 6, solid.com. That's j6solid.com. Don't have your head in the sand. Learn the truth. Go to j6solid.com now. Thank you for your time, your patriotic loyalty, And as always, God bless America. The opening statement here, the opening sentence is, the state grows by family failure. Here's the premise. When the family fails, the state can grow. And so, (laughs) for those who have as their agenda, personal or corporate, to expand the power of the federal government, they need to do that by uh, pushing the buttons that cause the family to fail. That's a pretty strong opening. I'm going to continue reading. The ideologies that make for an all-competent state demand family failure and call it freedom. Isn't that interesting? Uh, These are the sobering words of writer and professor Anthony Esselin, whose new book, No Apologies, Why Civilization Depends on the Strength of Men, argues that the collapse of a strong and effective understanding of manhood has hurt the well-being not only of men, but of women and children too. Consider, for example, the current breakdown of female sports. Because men and women have been increasingly viewed as interchangeable, the separation between male and female sport sporting events has eroded, meaning that it is now acceptable for biological males to compete against females. Women, of course, pay the price. For it is not merely that men are stronger and taller, but as Esalen points out, here's a quote from the book, A man's heart is twice as big as the woman's, and it fills his blood with more oxygen. If they are both in reasonably good shape, a man will not flag as quickly as a woman. He sweats much more freely than she does, cooling his body faster. He has a greater margin for loss. Five pounds of water for him are all in a day's work. The same loss would be perilous for her. Sweating off three pounds of water would put her at risk of fainting." Uh, He goes on as he writes, Now, most people recognize the obvious differences between men and women in athletics, but it seems to generate less attention these days with regard to putting women in some of the most dangerous and physically demanding positions in our military. 
But, be that as it may, there are many other arenas in which men and women differ from one another. These tend to be ignored or outright denied nowadays. I'm going to pause there and get back to this article in just a second. One of the questions I've posed often on this show to guests that we've had when we've talked about gender roles and we've talked about gender ideology, we've talked about things like the momentum that the transgender movement seems to be gaining. Uh, the conversation around transitioning young children, uh, we, we see in the news often, and again, we've had these discussions, um, these, these <laughs> events, I don't know what to call them, these events with drag queens and other uh, events that are happening that at one time would have landed adults in jail. Now these are events, parades, um, events at clubs that parents are taking their children to. And we ask, why is this being allowed? What is behind this? And I think there are a lot of things behind it. There are probably a lot of answers that could be given and inserted right there. But if we agree with the author of this text that the erosion of the family is necessary for government to grow, then that should bring some of this into focus. There is certainly a sexual ideology behind a lot of that, no doubt. Uh, There is a anti-God philosophy behind all that, no doubt. Uh, An anti-people-telling-me-what-to-do philosophy behind all of that, no doubt. But the bigger philosophy that's driving this, the bigger ideology that is driving this, or we could say may be driving this, is an understanding that as long as the family is cohesive and the family unit is functioning the way that it's supposed to, then individuals who are having their needs met in the context of the family do not need to go to the government to have their needs met. So the fastest way, the straightest line to grow the government, to remove individual rights, is to see the family break down. And so people are pushing on the mechanisms that are causing the family to push down. I want to continue reading. One such area concerns vision. He's talking about the differences between men and women. According to Esalen, men do not see colors with the same boldness that women do. Women do not see things in distant and coordinated motion as keenly as men do. Men often miss the trees for the forest. Women often miss the forest for the trees. Further, women can more effectively interpret other people's emotions than men. That is why the mother is more important to the newborn baby. It is not simply that her body provides the sustenance, but that she sees more deeply into the human person, into the baby who depends on her. The man's vision, by contrast, tends to systematize, to abstract from the individual, to grasp at the whole. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. 
Essentially, he is more adept at looking out for the family as a unit, while she is better equipped to take intimate care of its members. This is a fascinating section. Don't miss this. I'm going to continue reading. This is important. He says, This certainly challenges our modern assumption about the sameness of men and women. But given our high divorce rate and the widespread breakdown of the family, perhaps there is wisdom here, even if it strikes us as uncomfortable, and even if it is not the case for every family. Furthermore, Esalen argues that men and women also differ in their inner strength. While women have moral strength expressed most powerfully in patient endurance and unshakable loyalty to the people they love, men's strength lies in seeking adventure and conquest for the safety of others at the cost of safety for himself. Esalen does not merely mean that men thrive in the pursuit of external conquest, but they thrive in the pursuit of internal conquest and self-denial. An example of this is Todd Beamer, who led an ambush of the terrorists who hijacked Flight 93 on 9-11, which caused the plane to crash in the desolate fields of Pennsylvania rather than the busy, busy capital of the nation. Before uttering his famous last words, let's roll, Beamer called the telephone operator, Lisa Jefferson, and prayed Psalm 23. He did this, notes Esalen, because he wanted to spare his wife the immediate shock as she was expecting a child. Beamer personifies male strength for both the uh, fineness of his sensitivity and the fact that he denied himself the comfort of speaking to his wife for her sake. We'll continue working through this, but don't miss this section. As the author here draws the contrast between men and women, uh, women see colors physically different than men see them. Uh, Women understand emotions differently than men see them. Uh, He goes through the whole section here on the differences between men and women, Uh, what point he's making, the point he's making, what we should extract from this is that men and women being different causes them to complement one another. Please don't miss this. We are having this idea that men and women are exactly the same. Um, Maybe they have different bodies and that can be adjusted. Otherwise, emotionally and in every other way, they're the same. And we need to get past these so-called made-up differences. We were created by God to be complementary in how we function as men and women. This is something that we can deny, we can argue about, we can say is not true. But even biologically, scientifically, this is proven, this is borne out. So in the context of a family unit, When men are functioning the way they were created and women are functioning the way they are created, their complementary roles make them whole and cause them to be able to meet not only their own needs emotionally and spiritually and physically, but the needs of their family. When that happens, that family has very little need for the federal government. So don't miss this. Don't miss what's happening. As people in popular media, as people on social media, as people uh, continue to write about and speak about and, and scream loudly about what they call a fact, the fact that men and women are exactly the same, what they're actually doing is they are blurring the lines that God has established, they are removing roles that God has given, and in so doing, they are weakening the family. If there is no need for a husband and a wife to work together to provide the entire picture of emotional support for their kids, the entire picture of physical support for their kids, if they're no longer necessary, then the family's no longer necessary. And if the family's no longer necessary, then the next step is simply that the federal government 
becomes, in a sense, the family and provides the needs, meets the needs of the individual. If we refuse to acknowledge that men and women are not the same, (laughs) uh, then we are purporting, accepting the idea that the family, as God created it, as God intended it, is no longer necessary. We're going to continue working through this, but please don't miss that. Uh, what we see, we've talked about this often uh, on this show and elsewhere, what we see in, in female sports and women's sports, uh, biological men participating in women's sports because there is no difference or there should be no difference or we can self-determine, that's not how it works. But that also is not to say or to suggest that men are more important than women or women are more important than men. We're different. And we should be happy about that difference. We should acknowledge that difference. And we should understand that those differences, when working together, make us better than we would be alone. And yet we run past that. We say it doesn't matter. In fact, many would say that the problems in society, the problems in culture, are because we have what has been phrased as toxic masculinity. Men, males, biological males, trying to be men. (laughs) And when people talk about toxic masculinity, certainly there is a brand of masculinity that we could call toxic, abusing women and children, preying on women and children. Those are not good things. That's toxic. It's also illegal. (laughs) It's very damaging and should be dealt with. But men being men, doing the things that are described here in this article, does not make them toxic. It makes them men. Just as women doing what women were created to do does not make them less than, it makes them women. I'm going to continue reading here. The author of the article is now quoting from the book, Go to the most dysfunctional regions of our society, suggests Esalen, and you will behold boys and men who express their feelings quite freely. Feelings of wrath, vengeance, lust, cruelty, delight in destruction. Before we tell men that they should express their feelings all the time, we might ask first what those feelings are likely to be. The article now picks up, the author of the article picks up. uh, When men are left free to indulge their emotions and shirk their duties, women and children suffer the consequence, and the state becomes a substitute. And when the state becomes a substitute, men become less needed, meaning that the family further fragments. This, in turn, calls forth more government, and the cycle continues. Hence, why the tens of trillions of dollars of welfare spending in the name of freedom and equality have not only failed to reduce poverty, but have helped promote the disintegration of the family, especially in minority communities. This, of course, is no surprise to those who understand the importance of the strength of men to a flourishing society. But for anyone who has doubts, no apologies defines a fine job of explaining why. This is a great article. Now, to that last part on emotions, um, he said, Go to the most dysfunctional regions of our society, and you will behold boys and men who express their feelings quite freely, feelings of wrath, vengeance, lust, cruelty, delight, and destruction. Um, I, I I have not read the book, so I'm not going to put that in context. I don't understand fully the context, but the statement on its face is a good one. Go to the most dysfunctional regions of our society. This isn't talking about the poorest um, or <laughs> whatever that might mean to you, but dysfunctional, broken, things that aren't working. And what you'll find are men who are emoting more than they are leading, men who are dealing with what they feel instead of standing up and doing the hard work that men have traditionally done. 
And now, again, I want to be careful here. We were talking about this even before we started recording. Uh, This is not to suggest, at least from me, (laughs) that men should bury their feelings, hide their feelings, not feel that it is not somehow masculine to have feelings. That's, That's certainly not the message that should be extracted from this. What men have in historic times been capable of doing is feeling, but then doing the hard work regardless of how they're feeling. Um, Being a father, this is something that I understand, and if you're a father, you would understand this. Um, We see our children, and there is an emotional connection there should be to our kids. When we see them hurt, when we see them scared, when we see them in a place that they would be more vulnerable than at other times, as a dad, that makes me feel bad. It breaks my heart to see my own kids going through struggles and dealing with difficult things. As their dad, though, I could get wrapped up in how I feel, how that makes me feel, or I could respond to that feeling by doing what I can to help my kids, to lead my kids, to stand up for my kids. Take this throughout society and throughout culture. To say that men shouldn't be so wrapped up in their emotions doesn't mean they shouldn't feel. That there should not also be a time and a place where they share those emotions, where they cry, for instance, where they deal with those emotions. It it means that as a man, you can understand that now may or may not be that time. And if it's not that time, I'll deal with those emotions later and I'll stand up and do the hard work in front of me. That's what it is to be men, to be a man. He ends here, this of course is no surprise to those who understand the importance of the strength of men to a flourishing society, but for anyone who has doubts, no no apologies defines, uh, sorry, does a fine job of explaining why. I would commend this article to you certainly, and uh, the book, I keep saying I haven't read it because I want to be careful to say I haven't read it, but um, the premise is a strong one. As men in traditional male roles, goes away. And by the way, I don't feel like men are going away, but there are many who would like to see men go away. As men go away, or as they transition from their leadership roles in the home uh, to roles that we're told by culture and society are less offensive, the disintegration of the family begins. We've seen this. Uh, Studies certainly bear out that children raised in homes without a father Uh, They are less economically strong as they leave that home. They struggle um, educationally. They struggle to hold down jobs. They struggle in their relationships beyond their own family relationships. This is not made up. This is borne out with uh, years and years of research. As men go away, societies (laughs) look to the government to provide their needs. And again, the premise of this book is that that is the goal. Um, When we do the work that we do, and I I talked about this often, I work for an organization called the Mighty Oaks Foundation, uh, mightyoaksprograms.org if you're interested. We work with veterans, active duty service members, and first responders. Um, We have men's programs, we have women's programs, they're segregated programs, they're separate programs. And for the last 11 years or so, we've dealt with those in each of these groups who are dealing with post-traumatic stress, uh, combat trauma, trauma related to their work if they're in the first responder community, and then family members who are dealing with a service member or a first responder who's struggling with post-traumatic stress. 
we approach these issues from a faith perspective. And it's been very, very interesting over the last several years. We have more than 4,000 individuals who have come through one of our week-long programs. We teach on this all of the time. And our approach is not a clinical one, as in here are some things that you can do to lessen your anxiety, to see more clearly, and to make better decisions. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, We're not a program, again, clinically that prescribes medication, Sometimes that's needed. That's a completely different conversation. The way that we approach all of these issues in our men's program and in our women's program, it's a separate program, uh, separate for what I think are obvious reasons. Men and women um, deal with these issues differently. And yet when you put men and women in the same room, they're not as open. They're not as transparent. They're not as free. Again, going back to emotions, uh, they're not as willing to uh, express their emotions, perhaps, and so we have separate programs. And the way that we deal with these issues of extreme trauma, much of it is childhood trauma, childhood sexual trauma, trauma from service in the military, um, service in their communities. The way that we deal with this, again, not clinical, the way that we deal with it is by saying something like this, we believe that God created you and that he created you with purpose, with meaning, with value, that you as a man have a purpose given to you by God, that you as a woman have a purpose given to you by God. And if you will align your life to that purpose, then the traumas, the trials, the difficulties, the obstacles that are hanging on to you, that have you bound, (laughs) they won't go away because those things don't go away. Of course, we know that. We don't want to minimize what people have been through but they will no longer have you bound. You'll be able to continue moving forward, and not just continue moving forward, to move forward in a meaningful, helpful way. What we've seen by communicating that is that when people do that, they align to the purpose for which they were created, they experience healing, as they should. They come into a place of wholeness. It's a long process, but it's a process they can work toward because they realize, I have a purpose, there is a design, there is a created uh, purpose in my life, and I can move toward that. They do that, and they not only experience wholeness and healing, but their relationships begin to experience healing that leads to wholeness. Uh, So many of the men and women, I'm sure you can maybe relate to this, but you can certainly understand this. Uh, having experienced extreme trauma in their lives, not only have they experienced brokenness, but because of their brokenness, there's brokenness in their relationships. So many that married or have been married, they're in relationships that to say there is turmoil would be to downplay what's happening. Not a healthy relationship, not good relationships. Now, every area of their life, they take their own brokenness into Because of that, then often unable to hold down a job because of the relationships involved and the need to function in a system. They can't because of their own brokenness. And yet, when a man or a woman understands how to align their life to the life they were created to live, healing takes place and they're able to repair relationships that are broken, begin new relationships in a healthy way, and establish a life that is healthy, that is helpful, And that builds a legacy they can leave for the next generation. It's an amazing thing to see. And to even say it, 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 you have to see it. You have to experience it to really understand it. But the point I want to make is this one. When we talk about aligning your life to the life that you were created to live, that does not simply mean to understand that God is 
that God has a plan for you, and that you need to have a relationship with God. That's important. That is the foundation. That's the starting point. That's the starting place. Understanding that God is, He's the Creator, and He desires to have a relationship with you, and you should have a relationship with Him. We understand from the Bible, God sent His Son Jesus to live on this earth, to die in our place, to pay the price for our sin, So that in putting our faith, our confidence, our hope, our trust in Him, we can have our sin forgiven, we can have a relationship with Him. That's the baseline. But beyond that, and one of the reasons we have a men's program and a women's program, is because living to your created purpose is not just living in relationship with God, that's the starting point. But it's understanding who He created you to be, uniquely who He uniquely created you to be. The Bible tells us that in the beginning God created. You work through chapter 1 of Genesis, and you find out that He created male and female. He did that. You look at the reason around that. First it was Adam. God looked at Adam and said, you're alone, and it's not good that you're alone. He brought Eve, the woman, to be a help, necessary, a necessary help, a completer for him. That's in the first part of Genesis, um, in chapter 1, going into chapter 2. MyPillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale and Giza Dream bed sheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they are all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream Sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-870-0283. Use the promo code SITREP or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code SITREP. That is God's created design. And so in our own lives, when we are living as men, if we were born as men, we're living in relationship with God as the men that He created us to live. Our own traumas, our own trials, our own difficulties, our own brokenness, our own hurt finds a place of healing because we are living as He created us to live. As a woman, when we live according to the purpose, the giftings, the calling that God has placed on our lives, living according to that, we experience healing and hope and direction because we're living according to our created purpose. And when a man who is living according to their created purpose and a woman who is living according to their created purpose come into a relationship in the context of a family just as Adam and Eve completed one another so that husband and wife complete one another and the family unit is as God designed for it to be. We look at the institutions given to us by God. There are three throughout Scripture. I've mentioned this before. There is the family. That's Genesis chapter 2. There is the church. We could go to the New Testament, Acts chapter 2, the end of the Gospels. The church And then the government, God outlines the government. There are a number of places, Romans 13 most notably, where the Apostle Paul talks about the role of government, uh, that is, um, restraining evil. 
these three given to us by God, when they're working the way that God designed for them to work, then the family, self-sufficient in that the needs emotionally, spiritually, even physically are taken care of in the context of the family. Because the man is doing what the man was created to do. The woman, in contrast, is doing what the woman was created to do. Together, they are what God designed. The church then, in so many ways, meeting the spiritual needs, bringing Christian people together to be encouraged, to be trained, to be discipled, so that they can do spiritually what God called them to do. And the government restraining evil so that the church and the family can function the way they were intended by God to function. When those things happen, then God is God. The institutions are functioning the way they're supposed to. And the individual in the context of the family, with the support of the church and the protection of the government, is in a place where they can live according to their created purpose. I say all of that to come back to this. If you are in government (laughs) and you desire, again, the phrase here is the state in this article, but the government, and you desire to expand the power and reach of the government to have more control over the governed, you have to remove individual rights. And by removing individual rights, you then take those rights as the government and you can control people. The only way to do that is to see the family unit fall apart because in the context of the family, there is very little need for the government. Strong men... And why aren't we talking about strong women? There are some strong women and there need to be. Women who strongly live according to the purpose for which they were created by God, absolutely. But the assault is on strong men. Why? Because men created by God living to their purpose are the ones who stand up and protect their family. They defend their wife and children. They defend the values of the home. Uh, They stand strong on the gospel. They stand strong uh, as God created them as Christians. They stand strong for those things that are important. They are those who exhibit and demonstrate and put forward character. They lead in a strong way, again, as created by God. This is not to diminish the ability of women to lead, but as we look at the roles, men traditionally and as given to us by God and as found in Scripture are the ones who lead forward. And those who would seize control from the individual have to do so by diminishing the man by restricting his roles, by removing his power, his ability to function as God created. Do not mistake what is happening in the areas of gender roles and gender ideology and the um, proclamation that men being men is somehow toxic and hurtful. Do not accept that as anything less than it is. It is an assault on the family with the intent to disintegrate that unit so that those who are in power can seize more power and have more control. They become pseudo the family. They meet the needs. And that unit that God intended is no longer necessary. Society needs strong men. One of the principles we teach in our program to men is that being a man is not about being the physically strongest person in the room. It's not about um, you know all of these things, these benchmarks we 
often proclaim, make us men. I think that's where a lot of these ideas of toxic masculinity have come from. It's not about those things. Understand as well that when we're teaching this class, we're teaching to combat veterans, men, (laughs) who have done um, all of the things that would typically have done all of the things that would classify someone as a man. What we teach is that those things don't make you a man. That a man is someone who accepts responsibility for themselves and accepts responsibility for those that God has placed in their life. A man is someone who leads their family well. A man is someone, as Ephesians chapter 5 says, is willing to lay down their life just as Jesus did. The man is willing to lay down their life for their wife, for their kids. That's what love does. That's what masculinity looks like. And in order for our society to continue to move forward, we need strong men. If you are a parent and you're listening to this, I would encourage you, Teach your young boys and young girls what the Bible says about gender, what the Bible says about our created purpose as men and women. Um, The book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul tells us that before God, there's not Greek or Hebrew, there's not male or female. God doesn't look at us in terms of value as in a gender has more value than another gender. A race has more value than another race. God doesn't look at it that way, and neither should we. We shouldn't teach our kids that God values you more because you're a boy and values you less because you're a girl. Uh, that's not true. That is harmful teaching, and it sh- certainly is not something that our kids need to walk away from our family with. But what they do need to understand is that we are equally valuable to God equally valuable to your parents, equally valuable in society, equally necessary in society, but we do our best to support our families and to support society and to be what God created us to be when we are living according to the purposes as outlined by God. Now, you may be listening to this and not agree with a biblical premise or a biblical worldview, and that's fine. I would suggest that you understand a biblical worldview and a biblical premise because God is God, whether we acknowledge that or not. His truth is truth, whether we acknowledge that or not. But if you would say, I disagree with the premise that God created men and women different, that he created them with different roles and responsibilities, understand that denying who we are created by God is to say that the family as designed by God, is not necessary. We don't need to function that way. There can be loose connections. (laughs) But ultimately, the goal of that thinking, that philosophy, that ideology, leads to the disintegration of the family. This experiment that we've had, removing dads, two moms, two dads, (laughs) um, this community type of family orientation, We've had this experiment. It's failing. And as it fails, the government gets stronger. What's the remedy? The remedy is strong men who understand their role, and I would suggest strong women who understand their role, and working together, operating in the context of family the way that God designed. Um, We talk about a lot of different things on this show and have incredible guests on that can help us understand these things and unpack these things. But we've got to think. A big part of navigating culture, a big part of uh, having the information and perspectives we need 
is taking information, seeing what's happening, asking the question, why is this happening? What can be done about it? What's different now than was before? How can we get back to the place that we're functioning the way we were created to function? And understanding the role of men in society, a role that is absolutely being destroyed today, is a great starting point. Men, stand up. Be the men that you were created to be. Parents, teach your kids uh, how to operate within their created design. And uh, I don't know. Will society change? Will we get back to where we were? I don't know. I, I know that what we're doing right now is not working and will not work. And I believe that the only hope we have is to get back to the place that God designed. Hope that's helped you today. Hope that is an encouragement to you. And uh, take that, use that, share this content out. Other folks need to hear this. We've got to understand this. We've got to get a hold of this truth. If you're listening to the podcast and are not yet subscribed, please subscribe. Do that now. You can subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening from. Do that right now. And then take some time, go over to YouTube. You can find our channel. It's YouTube, of course. Then look for The Situation Report. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Let us know that you are there. Leave us a comment. Share this content out. That would be awesome. Thank you, and we will talk to you next time. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.